God has come unwound here. Look at Kenny, the champion. I admire his effort to try to get back in this thing, but is it, is it going to be too little too late for the champion? Desperation headbutt from Orange Cassidy. I've never seen him use those. Mega three, a trio of headbutts. Down goes the champion. Orange Cassidy was looking for that diving DDT. Caught by Pack. Pack brings him over. Brutalizer. Brutalizer. The submission. And this is how he beat Orange Cassidy at Revolution last year. And Omega better get back in the fray here. We're attacking the web, him losing his title, and him not even being involved. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, Pack not letting go. Oh, look at that. Pack is not letting go. He's Orange Cassidy is fading. And he's being stomped. His pack right in the face by the champion. Oh, he just double out handle. Referee Bryce Rimsburg right there in the spine. He is a pimple on the ass of life, this man. And Omega, the belt just laid out Pack. As you saw there, the referee, we can't do anything about it. This is terrible. This is terrible. with another belt. With another belt. Damn him. A Triple A Mega Championship driven into the head of Pack. This is disgusting, despicable. Oh, God! Hear that clank right in the skull of Pack. Omega using all of his championship belts as weapons. He says, I got one more. Don't disgrace the world title like that, you chump. Drama here at Double or Nothing for the AEW World Title. Oh, God, that sickening thud. The clash of that steel on the face of the pack is, is very distasteful. There's Orange. Orange Pucks! Orange Pucks! Orange Pucks! Omega is laid out. It is chaos here. And welcome in to the special edition of Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday. I'm Jonathan Hood. Don't forget to follow along on Instagram and Twitter at WrestlingTWT. That's WrestlingTWT, as you just heard, what I considered the main event for AW Double or Nothing taking place in Jacksonville, Florida. It was Kenny Omega 
the AEW champion surviving against um, Orange Cassidy and Pac. Well, that was an interesting matchup because there was so much going on. I want to talk to you about AEW Double or Nothing on a number of reasons. Before we even really dive into the card, I just want to talk a little bit about how important it is to have fans, have fans in the arena. Now, through the pandemic, you and I were able to see Impact Wrestling or the WWE or watching AEW, and it was very difficult, I think, at times to watch the event knowing that there's no fans in the stands. Now, for me, I'm focused on the match, focused on how uh, the wrestlers are going to be able to cope. I mean, the action still was pretty good, but it was just the missing element of not having fans in the stands really showed up big over the past year plus. Now you have a show like AEW Double or Nothing where people are standing and sitting side by side, a full house at the Daly's Place venue in Jacksonville, Florida, and it made a big difference in as far as the presentation is concerned. Um, uh, whether there's fans or not, the wrestlers were going to perform and perform well, but it just shows you the missing element. That means me and you when it comes to professional wrestling. Be us being in the venue, being able to provide some noise and some chaos from our seats and getting exciting, you know, getting exciting moments or getting moments that you want to boo, all those things. It's all being part of a pro wrestling fan. And so watching AEW Double or Nothing, the first thing that stood out to me is just the camera angles. And how they were able to put everybody in their seats. And it just looked like normal. It looked like professional wrestling as we knew it a year plus ago. So uh, hats off to the presentation. Uh, as far as the card was concerned, you know it was a big card for AEW. Double or nothing is always big for this company. And I just thought the action was pretty awesome. Um, the thing that I always look at when I'm analyzing or just watching as a fan is whether or not I'm swept up in the action. Uh, in my, when I watch AEW or WWE or any other show, I'm wondering, can they be able to entertain me for the 10 or 20 minutes that they're in the ring? And I thought that from top to bottom, AEW double or nothing delivered. Uh, my only question, and this is not as a analyst or some historian for wrestling, that's not what I mean by what I'm going to say next. I think that when you have a show like this one, AEW Double or Nothing, where it's a stat card, the finishes can't all be the same. And what I mean by that is if you have one or two matches in which you have outside interference, that's fine. Look up and down the card for Double or Nothing. And look how much outside interference there was from Dr. Britt Baker against Sheeta, whether it is the Young Bucks and Moxley and Kingston, Omega, Cassidy, Pac, all the way down the line, there was some kind of outside interference. Uh, even the Miro matchup, um, it's just like, why was Jake Roberts out there? Why was the Snake out there? I just think that sometimes when you're putting these cards together, hey, nothing wrong with having a winner or a loser, but it could be clean. And I think the AEW fans would understand. Uh, my whole thing is like, you can't have redundancy in your finishes. You just can't have that. And I thought that it was a step back for this card. It didn't ruin the card. I enjoyed it because of the in-ring work, uh, because of the excitement from the announcers, the excitement uh, from the fans. But keep that in mind, that when you have a wrestling card, if you are um, Tony Khan or whoever is the agent 
for some of these matches. Keep in mind that you can't have outside interference almost every match on one card because now it's like, well, can I get a clean finish somewhere down the line? Do you have to have outside interference every time? And, you know, there's a lot of managers and outside interference in a lot of these matches we see in, in Dynamite, but you didn't need this on the card. That's my only really beef about the show. But otherwise, we had great action, and I enjoyed it, uh, including it seems like everybody was on their kind of at the edge of their seats in Jacksonville, and probably at home, to see if Dr. Brick Baker could win her championship back. AEW Women's Championship has been held by uh, Sheeta for a long time. Akira Shida is um, has been a good champion, but people were kind of waiting to see if Dr. Britt Baker could get the job done. I enjoyed the matchup, and I think that they did pretty well. It wasn't the best match, but it was a solid match for sure. Shida, one of the great all-time Japanese women wrestlers. Ironic that Britt would use it here tonight, but Shida launching in the knee strikes to the back. German suplex. Hard suplex mm. with a... Nasty sounding yeah. ending. Yeah, yeah, JL, I folded her up, man. And it goes Sheeta. Taking advantage. Doors open. Diving up. Yeah, she drives it out. She got a near fall. Akaru Sheeta just got to, with a second away from retaining and leaving here. Akaru Sheeta. Placing the challenger, Dr. Britt Baker. Oh, this is not good. On the top rope. Not sure what Sheeta has in store. Perhaps an avalanche Death Valley driver. Britt's trying to hook her leg. Suicide, maybe, at Scalabra. This, this is, this ain't, this ain't now. Oh! Wow. Britt, I Woo. think... Britt escaped at the last possible moment. That was dangerous for both of them. That may have been the perspiration as the body's getting slick from the, uh, from the fatigue. And we are in Florida. Yeah, it, it is hot. Oh, boy. Roger's a superplex. Hikaru Shida covers. Britt kicks out. Great job of Hikaru Shida. Today, being able to come away with a superplex out of all of that. She's going up again. She's she's determined. She is determined. Elvit. Oh, Britt. Rolled her up. Rolled her up. High stack. No. Sheena locks in the stretch muffler. The submission applied. The challenger's got to hang on. Yeah, she's got to keep. If she can lock in that hand, it'll be the full metal muffler. Well, it, and Rebel. Rebel distracted the champion momentarily. She broke the stretch muffler. She did. She can't allow her temper to get the better of her, her here tonight. Oh! Oh, misfire. A miss on the pin. Two. This is good. Rebel. 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 She's in trouble, man. Falcon Arrow. She does not. Champion Retendo! Man, the guts, the determination of the number one contender is overwhelming. The champion has brought it all. Boy, man, what a match. And Reba's trying to figure out how do I race this. Yeah. She gets to get out of the ring. Hikaru Sheeta was looking oh, for that okay. katana. I think the ref just ejected Rebel from ringside. Oh, but Brett! 
the belt. Sheeta intercepts it. Oh, the super kick. The thrust punches kick Sheeta in the face of the belt. She got a curb stomp on the belt. Face first on the championship. The curb stomp. The con. What's it going to take? Well, here we go. Under the bedtime. Here we go. We know what's going to... Roll up! Roll up, Sheena! Wow. What a back and forth battle this has been. Now, what a pro wrestling match. We're watching right here. I'm loving this. Jumping knee strike. They are hitting each other with the best they have. Yes. The heavy artillery. Can she to capitalize? And they're both coming back from it, JR. Tamashi! That's got to be it. One, two, no! She did not have the shoulders in. All she of her could get any closer. Yeah. She was a. What? She was oh, effects. Double oh. effects. Oh. Oh, no! Look Trent out here. Lock drop. Look out here. We're getting into the, the deep water here for the champion. Oh, the lock jaw. She's got it. The lock jaw. Oh, oh, the tail. The tail. The tail. Oh, my God. New champion. New champion. DMD. Battle winner of this match. And new AEW Women's World Champion, Dr. Britt Baker. Yeah, so the fans were waiting for that, and indeed, there it was, Excalibur, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and the, the funny part is, you know, Dr. Britt Baker wins a championship, she's 11-1, and and her singles record after winning the championship against uh, Sheeta there, and Tony Schiavone leaves his broadcast position to hug Dr. Britt Baker. They actually do have a close relationship as friends, and I just thought that that was... It's odd because you don't usually see that, uh, especially with Dr. Britt Baker being a heel. Uh, but it's exactly uh, what happened uh, as he left the broadcast position to <laughs> to hug Dr. Britt Baker. I thought it was a good match and a great match. I think that they the two got lost somewhere in the middle. Um, but the, the what you wanted was Dr. Britt Baker to retain uh, if you are a Baker fan. And that's exactly what happened in that one. So let's get to the tag team match with uh, the Young Bucks against Kingston and Moxley. Well, here's what you like. You like that both teams had huge pops coming out in the entrance, right? Kingston and Moxley all over the place. They've got the Young Bucks shoes as part of the angle on AEW Double or Nothing. And so that was cool to be able to see that in the Young Bucks, just in their flair, just being just heels. I think that that worked, and they, they had time to work. Um, one of the, one of the things that we look at with wrestling is that you know you got to be able to tell a story, and we can go to the old school or the new school. If you have time to be able to work, you could be able to have a really good story. Um, I, I'm not a fan of having a long match and not having a return. Uh, I don't know if this is the blow off or not between the two, but I just think that both teams had good chemistry. Now, Eddie Kingston is a guy that's been a veteran for a long time, uh, that if you're an independent wrestling fan, you know who um, Eddie Kingston is. And then from there, looking at John Moxley, a guy that was a former AEW champion, these two coming together as a tag team, 
Uh, we have seen like two man power trips before in wrestling. And these two with some time can really be two guys just kicks everybody's ass in AEW. I like that idea of both of them together just beating up on people. Uh, and the Young Bucks, of course, being the smarmy heels that they are, uh, it works out perfectly. And so uh, the closing moments of this matchup, the Young Bucks against Kingston and Moxley. The AEW Tag Team Championships are on the line. A lot of juice from the fans. They love this match. And it, it's one of these matches where they did so much. If you are the next match, it's hard to follow up because they did so much. This was so early in the card. And it's like, you know, after those four guys are done, you're like, well, how, do, how am I going to finish? the? How can I follow that? It's going to be tough. Attempting to pull himself upright on the on the apron. Oh, headbutt just being driven into the head of Nick Jackson. That could open up those cuts again too. Oh, kick to the left leg. Kingston goes back down, but Moxley with the sleeper. I'm not so sure that Eddie could even stand. Yeah, great move going back to that injured leg that they worked on earlier. Super kick caught. Bucks prevail there. Well, Jim Ross got his uh, wish. He's hoping it would end quickly, and it did. So there you go. It ended. 
Uh, other matches, just to start off the double or nothing pay-per-view, watching that singles match between Adam Page and Brian Cage. Brian Cage, who I watched in uh, Impact Wrestling, I know that he's destined for greatness. I don't know about in this company, but he's already been the company champion for Impact Wrestling. I thought that they told a great story. Boy, the crowd was hot for Adam Page. They really loved that act. Um, the Casino Battle Royal, where Jungle Boy uh, won by eliminating Christian Cage, that was the right thing. Uh, this company is really high on J- Jungle Boy. I want to see if there's a different gear in Jungle Boy. See, when I see guys like Jungle Boy, when I see Darby Allen, you could tell that they're pushing these two as baby faces and they're over with the crowd, and that's fine. But I need to be able to see it in the ring where it's not just popularity based on how fans feel. It's a popularity as far as in-ring work. That's what I want to see. Like, we've seen some really good moves here from Jungle Boy and wrestlers like Darby Allen, but what can they really do when it comes to being in a main event, um, being in a position where they could be AEW world champion? Um, can they be able to move the meter? I wonder about that. Yeah, popularity, yes, but what about in-ring work? I want to see more of that moving forward for them in AEW. So... We talked last time about AEW when we previewed this Double or Nothing show. And we talked about Anthony Agogo, who's very green, taking on a Cody Rhodes. That's Cody Rhodes carrying Anthony Agogo. But here's, here's what's interesting. So Cody Rhodes comes out as the American Dream using his father's name, the American Dream, Cody Rhodes, against Anthony Agogo. In the old school, this is an eight-week build, ten-week build to something. And in... My gut, I kind of knew that Anthony Gogo would be able to do some things, but he's only been a pro for what, two matches. And I thought, hmm, Cody's going to have to carry this. Now, Anthony Gogo, as far as him doing the up your, up your ass movement with his hands, the old school stuff for wrestling, just trying to be the smarmy heel. I, I don't know if the UK versus the United States works in 2021. Like the United States against Russia back in the day was always something because it was around the Olympics in the 80s. And boy, I tell you what, wrestling handled that for about, what, 15 years after the 1980 Olympics. It was the Russians. And you just find someone, just shave their head, let there be a Russian against an American. That was always the angle in a lot of territories across the country. Um, but, I, you know, the Agogo promo, which we played on TWT right here on this program, man, it's like Agogo has tremendous skills on the mic tremendous and so his matchup against Cody Rhodes I knew Cody would be able to carry it but a go-go still needs a lot more seasoning I think this was a great idea I wish it was a year ago I wish it was a year from now I should say in 2022 where a go-go's got some seasoning he's built up a resume he's beaten some guys maybe the TNT champion and then have this match I thought it was rushed I don't think that Cody Rhodes had to take on a go-go for a double or nothing. Uh, maybe they'll have a rematch somewhere down the line. But this would have been good like a year from now. Um, but it was what it was. It was just 10 minutes and did not offend me. I just know go-go needs to be have a lot more ring time. They got enough TV shows to put a go-go on. Hopefully, he'll get more ring time. Miro against Lance Archer. And again, we talked about... Why do you have to have interference in almost all these matches? Uh, Jake Roberts did not have to be out there. The Snake didn't have to be out there. Miro could have just beat Lance Archer just as is. 
And that was for the TNT Championship. I thought it was a, a pretty good matchup. It was a, show, a showcase for Miro, for sure. Uh, a guy that I did not take seriously when he came to AEW, and now more of the serious character than he was in the WWE when he first got there, before this whole thing with his wife and crying on TV or whatever the hell he was doing. Um, speaking of Darby Allen, Darby Allen and Sting against Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. You know, good to see uh, Sting in the ring again. People, it's funny how social media and others just are so cruel to people. You know, Sting is an older guy, and he's in there because he's getting paid. I mean, Tony Khan wants Sting to be in the ring. We hadn't seen Sting in the ring for a long time. People are saying, oh, you know, you should just wear the T-shirt and not the singlet. Sting was was very good in this matchup. Sting may not be great again. Uh, just like The Undertaker has not been great toward the end of his career, but he's still an attraction. You don't have to roll him out there every week. I think he's actually been a little bit overexposed at times, uh, Sting, but he should be held as an attraction, as someone that you see every quarter uh, or a couple times a year, just the way the WWE used The Undertaker. So I don't know why. I mean, Sting now has put himself in a position where it's like, wow, the old man can still get out there and go. Um, but I just saw people saying he should just keep the T-shirt on. Does it look good? I mean, he's an older guy, but can still go, as we saw in that match with Darby Allen. This is supposed to be the rub for Darby Allen. Staying with Darby Allen, two dark characters against Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. I think all four guys get over in that matchup. Uh, and, of course, the st- Stadium Stampede match. Hats off to the AEW for not having the same Stadium Stampede match as we saw before. Yes, it was the longest uh, event, I don't want to say match, but the longest thing on the card. The Really the most important thing about that, outside of all the stuff of seeing Urban Meyer and seeing Charlie Strong, the coaches for the Jaguars, the most important thing that I saw was at the end. Because when you have Sammy Guevara in there with Sean Spears, that put Sammy Guevara in a whole different light, didn't it? After all the fighting backstage and all the spots they were doing, the most important thing for me was to see Sammy Guevara one-on-one against Sean Spears. Because if they believe that, she, that Sammy Guevara is going to be a baby face, and I've heard the parallel of him being Eddie Guerrero, I just think that that's ridiculous. I know Jim Ross and others have said that. I don't believe that uh, he is Eddie Guerrero or Chava Guerrero. I think Sammy Guevara is Sammy Guevara, and I think that's just fine with me. Um, I, I think that that was important to see him in that light. The match is coming to a crescendo, coming to an end. And there is Sammy Guevara being able to do what he's doing. He is beating the crap out of Sean Spears. He's got the crowd behind him, and he gets the pinfall. That's important because that's a shot to the future for AEW. Uh, apparently, this company is very high on Sammy Guevara, and I can understand why. Uh, but uh, as like a lot of these young wrestlers, uh, there still needs some seasoning. They still need to be in some matches where we can believe in them on a weekly basis and definitely on these big pay-per-views. And so this is why AEW is so young. Some of this reminds me of the early Nitro when it first came on, where it, you're just trying to figure out who's going to be over in five years. Who, you know, Which direction will the company go? Will the AEW be able to keep some of their young talent from going to New Japan or WWE? So it's still very young and interesting for me to watch um, this program 
and to watch some of these young stars. And listen, I see botches. I see mistakes in the ring. I see those things, but I also see a lot of talent. And I don't expect for AEW to be buttoned up and just be a, a flawless promotion. Because there, you look around television, there are no flawless promotions. Unless you are able to pre-tape some of this stuff and then you can edit out some of this stuff. But AEW is what it is. It's a young company that's going to make mistakes. As I mentioned before, I enjoyed it because the crowd was into it. And the wrestlers were into it. And they all worked hard. It, but the thing is, is that if Tony Khan has the pencil, if he actually has the pencils, you got to realize, like, okay, what's the finishes for each one of these matches? Well, there's interference here, there's interference there. You can't have that. And I think you can have that a couple of times, but you can't have that in four and five matches because now it's unfulfilled. Now the fans are like, boo, okay, here's another heel. Here's Don Callis or here's, uh, you know, here's Reba or here's someone else. Here's Jake Roberts. You know, this ain't WCW, man. You, you've got to be able to have winners and losers and let them lose clean. Like, you know, Dr. Britt Baker did not need interference. She could she could win on her own. People have been waiting for her to win the championship. So it just it's little things like that for sure. Um, and by the way, as I mentioned, I enjoyed uh, Double or Nothing, and I understand the AW will be having uh, another card here pretty soon, coming to Chicago on Labor Day. Oh my! You know, I might try to make that in September, where AW comes to Chicago. I understand there's going to be a show in St. Louis as well. Uh, depending on my schedule, I'd like to make that as well. AEW coming to the Midwest, I definitely am interested in seeing what that looks like, and hopefully I'll be able to see that in person. I wasn't sure if I'd get to a wrestling card in 2021, and uh, if it's going to be at the old Sears Center in Hoffman Estates, Illinois, or if it's going to be in, in St. Louis, I will uh, try to get there and t- take a look at AEW live and in person. Hey, I want to get your feedback on AEW Double or Nothing. Hit me up on Twitter and on Instagram at WrestlingTWT. Again, WrestlingTWT for um, WrestlingTWT. And by the way, um, on the podcast, I have a retrospective of the late New Jack, Golden Boy Paul Christie, as well as Don Carnotal from Mid-Atlantic. Also, I give my thoughts on the WWE and their cuts. That's also in the archives of the podcast as well. So if you missed any of my previous episodes, go back. And I'd love to get your feedback on some of our shows that we've had over the last month plus regarding the great sport of professional wrestling slash sports entertainment. I'm Jonathan Hood. Thanks so much for checking out Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday.